Hello, friends, and welcome to the Art of Home podcast, where we are exploring how homemakers cultivate a place to belong. I'm your host, and my name is Allison. I'm a wife, I'm a mom of four, and I've been a homemaker for over 28 years now. Whether you are at home full-time or you work outside the home or you do some combination of those, if you have a home, you are a homemaker. And this podcast is here to encourage you and to inspire you in the worthy occupation of homemaking. In today's episode, I talk with my friend, Joy Welch, who really lives up to her name, although it is spelled differently. It's J-O-I. And she has practiced homemaking in everything from a shared house with her college roommates to a serious fixer-upper, and then her current residence, a 600-square-foot tiny cottage. Listening to Joy describe all of these experiences, you cannot help but catch her contagious joy for creatively making each one of these houses into a home. We discuss her early efforts at homemaking in college. We discuss how she learned how to manage kids that were both in homeschool and in public school at the same time and how she sets her goals with a yearly project list rather than a weekly or a monthly list. Throughout our discussion, you will find numerous nuggets of truth that hopefully you can apply in your own homemaking journey in a way that is meaningful and impactful for you. Now, if you listened to our last episode with Lori Mott, you might've noticed something new. About halfway through the interview, we incorporated a fun little segment to explore some of the helpful and not so helpful hints from historical homemaking books. Many of these hints are timeless and still applicable in modern homes. Others, eh, not so much. If nothing else, the elaborate instructions about laundry, cleaning, and food preservation, just to name a few, will probably give you a greater appreciation for the convenience that we enjoy in our 21st century homes. As always, resources mentioned in this episode are in the show notes, and you can access those in your podcast apps episode description, as well as on our website, theartofhomepodcast.com. This is season one, episode four. And don't forget to leave us a rating on your podcast app. It helps other homemakers find the Art of Home podcast, so we thank you in advance for that. Now, whether you're scrubbing your bathtub or maybe you are having a blessed soak in that bathtub we know you're going to enjoy hearing Joy's story of home. Okay, Joy, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are today, and then we'll go back and we'll trace your homemaker story from its beginnings. Um, Well, I'm Joy Welch, and I have been married 38 years, and I have four grown children. The Mm -hmm. oldest one is 35. He is our son who's in Santa Barbara, California. In fact, we just got home from visiting him. He's got a wonderful wife, um, two twin boys that are eight, and a four-year-old little girl that's just precious. And we've just gotten home from seeing them. When we go out there, we try to visit as long as we can, uh, just because it's such a distance out there. We we love going out to that part of the country. Our second son is 33, and he is in Austin, has a brand new little baby and another little girl, has a wonderful wife, and we get to see them ever so often since it's so close. Mm -hmm. And then we have a daughter who's about to be thirty one at the end of this month and she just got married last last year and so she's at the whole other end of the coast she's on the east side Mm -hmm. so she's in maryland she is um just a, a great 
daughter to have. She keeps up with us all the time, always a good communicator. So even though that she's that far away, I still have a really great relationship with her. And then our last one who came six years after our older three is... uh, a teacher now in Midland, Texas. So she graduated cool. from college a few years ago, and now she is teaching and um, helping kids to grow and learn a lot about the English language and about literature. What grade so does she teach? She teaches middle school. Oh, She's you know, my doing... daughter is also a middle school English teacher. Oh, that is I'm, so cool. Yeah, sixth graders. Well, she does um, the great books. So mm-hmm. they are doing an odyssey and you know, all of those kind oh, of things. Wow. That is, she, we did it during homeschool years, and it's been a few years since she's read that. So she's relearning all those those books. Cool. But I love to read, like I said um, earlier, because I think she, my daughter kind of got that from me, mm-hmm. my youngest one. And I read anything from the classics to I love homemaking books. I love how to clean books. I, lo- I love decorating books. That's mm-hmm. kind of one of my things. I always read magazines. I read a lot of religious literature, so I I spend a lot of spare time reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I, right now, I help run a retreat center. We have a, a conference center in our in, almost in my backyard. Yeah. It's on a ranch, and my aunt and uncle own a ranch, and it's um, used for mostly pe- churches that come out. And I do a lot of the cooking for them. I do a lot of um, the registration, just getting the um, churches um, lined up to come. Mm-hmm. And that's been my new venture since we've moved out to this area. That's fun. That's very exciting. And I just have to say for our listeners, I, I like to sort of set the scene. Um, we, we will hopefully have some still shots of uh, her amazing little tiny house slash cottage that she's living in. How many square feet is this place? Well, it's just under 600. But wow. I did. I will say this: the front porch, and I, I did hear this. If you have a small cottage, you have to always add the front porch yeah. because I have a swing out there. You have a nice I've big porch, two chairs. Yeah. It almost adds another two hundred square feet. Okay, so, um, so I can really say about eight hundred square feet. That so. is so awesome. Well, it's a beautiful little cottage, and I'm still in awe that. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this some more. That you guys. You did some significant downsizing and and really have gotten rid of a lot of stuff. And this is it. Everything you own is in this little cottage right here. Yes. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to your beginnings. When did you first become a homemaker? Well, I guess officially 38 years when I started, when I first got married. Right. But I kind of think I started even before that. And I, I say that because when I went off to college, I went to Baylor. Mm -hmm. The year that I went, all the freshmen had to live off campus, or a lot of the freshman girls had to live off campus because of the dorm situation. They had overbooked the dorms. They were doing some, I don't know if they were doing remodeling. I can't remember. But a lot of us had to live off campus. So Mm -hmm. I potlucked with three other girls, and we were thrown into having to be homemakers and having to cook our dinners and meals, mm-hmm. had, had clean our rooms, doing all those kind of things yeah. that most college kids have that done for them you know, right. when they oh, go exactly. off um, yeah. and, you know, live in the dorm situation. So I felt like I kind of eased into it uh-huh. um, over the years, but I will say a little bit e- eased into it because I've had some examples in my life, mm-hmm. but at the same time, maybe thrown into it mm-hmm. with college when I knew I could, I had to start cooking at least one meal a week for all my roommates. So yeah, that um, was a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So this goes to the next question, being thrown headfirst into the deep end as far as knowing how to do these things. Um, So you felt a little bit thrown in because you probably weren't expecting to have to do that in college. But how about training early on before you went off to school? Were there women in your life? Were there people who influenced you and helped you know how to do some homemaking things? Well, thankfully, I did have a lot of people I learned from. I wouldn't say that I put it into practice because I felt like I just saw what they did and took that into my mind. So and put it in a category saying, okay, I'm going to for future use, you know, for yes. I'm going to retrieve that. Yes. But my mom was very neat and organized. Uh-huh. She always had everything put up neatly folded. If you could see her fold a t-shirt, <laughs> it's, it looks like it's better than a packaged t-shirt. And it, wow. it looks like it's been ironed. That's yeah. what my dad said that always, anytime she folded something, it looked like it had been ironed um, that way. So she was always neat, organized, you know, had meals all ready for us. Now my sister and I did clean up, but we, we were, we lived busy lives and we were just home a little bit of time in the evening to help wash the dishes. Um, I learned from my mom. I also learned from her mom. Mm -hmm. Her mom was a wonderful home decorator. In fact, Mm -hmm. when she was in her, I think, 60s or 70s, she became an official decorator and took this course, got certified, and she did all the projects to do that. I was always just fascinated with all these projects that she would do to get certified to be an interior decorator. So she would do that, but her house was had beautiful furniture in it. She just she knew exactly where to place pictures. She was just very much an example Mm -hmm. on that end, Mm -hmm. um, as far as keeping a nice home. And then my father's mom was probably the best cook I've ever known. And oh. I haven't, um, she was gone when I was a young girl, but some of my fondest memories are sitting up at her counter and she would give my cousin and my sister and I a little piece of dough and we would be rolling that out and she, and she would show us how to put a little piece of peach in there because she made the best peach pies. Mm. And she was just such a fun lady just to sit up there and watch her cook. And I, yeah. I remember finally liking vegetables after she would season them and I thought oh these nobody can cook like she can cook and so her name was we called her BB and uh-huh. so I I just have such fond memories and we, we would go to visit her as a family and she would always get up early early on the morning that we were about to leave uh-huh. and she would pack us a picnic lunch oh. and we would barely get on the road and we would smell that fried chicken <laughs> and those homemade rolls and, and those like it's eight pies. o'clock but we it's, don't Care. Yeah, we don't care. It is time to stop for lunch. And we we just would laugh about that. And anyway, she she tops my list of best cooks, mm-hmm. even though I was a young girl that made such an impression on me mm-hmm. about that. Did she ever teach you how to cook? Did you have cooking lessons with BB? Well, you know what? I was 11 when she passed away. Okay. And so I didn't, I mean, our cooking lessons included this rolling out of the dough yeah. and putting the, pe- the little piece of peach right. into that dough. But just watching her was just amazing. She had this tiny, tiny kitchen, and she could put this huge Thanksgiving dinner on the uh-huh. table almost single-handedly. Uh-huh. Yep. It was it was just amazing. So I I, I loved um, going there in the summertime. She always we always went there on my birthday, and she would make me this beautiful lamb cake. 
for my birthday. A and lamb cake. A, so, well, like a, a cake that was in the shape, in of, the shape a lamb. of a lamb. Yes. And so, she decorated it all with decorated, like the pipe yes, icing and uh-huh. all that stuff. Yes, she did all of that kind of thing. We just happened to be there because I have a summer birthday and oh. we would go there um, during my birthday. So that's such fond memories. And yeah. I would say my other source of... Um, an example was my college roommate. When when yeah. I told you about me having to be thrown into as a freshman in college, having to cook. Yeah. Um, she came in. She knew how to do everything. She was a seamstress. She was. Uh, she cleaned our house just immaculately. But she could cook so well, and she just had that gift. Mm-hmm. She was a home ec major, of course, and oh, she. I don't even think you can do that anymore. I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah but she she did. She actually ended up majoring in fashion merchandising, uh-huh. which was in the home ec department. But she taught all the rest of us. The rest of us knew nothing about cooking. And she taught us how to make lasagna. And I mean, we were the the house to go to because we had I'm her sure. as a cook. Yeah. So, awesome. so I have a lot of really good recipes from her. In fact, my favorite pie that my husband wants me to make him for his birthday mm-hmm. is a recipe from her. It's oh. a chocolate peanut butter Choc- peanut butter pie. It's okay. not even chocolate. Yeah, it's peanut Is butter pie. Is it a pie. secret recipe or can you share that recipe? Well, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask her. Okay. Well, <laughs> if, if you can share that recipe or yes. if we talk about other recipes again, maybe we can share that with our listeners. Okay. Yes. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. It's been long enough. She's had it long enough by herself. <laughs> time to share. Yes. Time to share. So let's, um, let's see. I want to talk a little bit about uh, resources. Did you have a favorite resource besides the people in your life? You know, you said you love books, you love home decorating books. Are there any that stand out to you? Anything in particular that you would go to? When I was first married, my actually my sister got married first. She's a couple of years younger, but mm-hmm. she got married first and I got married a few months after she did. We were both newlyweds. And so we read this book called Disciplines of a Beautiful Woman okay. by Anne Ortland. It's a an old book. I mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's still in print. But she made such good comments that have stuck with me for life. Yeah. And her key thought was eliminate to concentrate. And it meant to eliminate all the needless stuff in your life and just concentrate on what is important. Mm-hmm. And I think that has stuck with me all these years. And that's, great. And that's probably why I've downsized to a min- minimalist lifestyle. In yeah. fact, my sister and I laugh because we think we could have been millionaires with all this minimalism going on. <laughs> we were the first ones to really think of think of that because we, we taught it to our younger, you yeah. know, even younger um, girls and um, just a time period that I feel like that that little seed was planted in my mind mm-hmm. early on. And I think it's, it just has grown it. Well, um, obviously, I mean, it, even <laughs> that, the fact that you remember the book and the author, and you could quote that back to me yes. and it's been what you said, 38 years, <laughs> 38 years. Yeah. Yes. That's um, impactful. It, that's impactful. Awesome. I do have a favorite resource, that home comfort book. Yes. I saw Cheryl that. Mendelson. I, yes. I if, saw that when I walked If in. you don't have that book, mm-hmm. it is a huge resource. In fact, even the in opening, it's just where you read about how to 
clean stuff, how to repair things, how to keep care of your dishes. Mm -hmm. It has anything you would want to know in that book. It is a great resource. I'll link that in the show notes. Okay. Sure. Her, her begin, she's a lawyer Mm -hmm. and she, I don't know if you've read that book before. Yes, I have. But I have read that introduction. It just amazes me Uh just the time that she put into that. And she tell her, she tells about her grandmother. Yes. And or both of her grandmothers, I think. Mm So I love that book. I've always gotten Southern Living Magazine. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just something that I always try to get good recipes from. Well, it, the funny thing is when my kids were younger, I would always try these recipes mm-hmm. out of Southern Living and they, I mean, it had some different ingredients they weren't used to. They liked just the meat and potatoes and I would try all these recipes. Well, finally, I was wondering, you know, they would always kind of complain. I was wondering what happened to my Southern Living Magazines? I haven't been getting them. Well, they started hiding them because they knew I was going to start cooking <laughs> recipes out of those, that magazine. And so I kept asking. I was going to call the distributor and find out oh, why I wasn't my getting my goodness. Southern Living magazines. But that's hilarious. Anyway, as they got older, they got a little bit more appreciative. Their palates matured. It, it did. Yes. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, my God. That's sneaky, 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 kids. sneaky. All right. Um, let's let me ask you a little bit about your learning process, uh, did you have, what was, what was the one task that you just had the steepest learning curve for? That was a big struggle for you. Oh, definitely cooking. Definitely cooking. Yes. I felt like I was a busy teenager. I was in a lot of stuff at the school. And so I would run in, I would eat dinner and sometimes I'd help clean up and then I'd have to run back out to play practice or mm-hmm. band practice, whatever I had going on. Yeah. And I, I usually helped my dad. We owned a department store mm-hmm. in our little small town. And that was where my heart was. I wanted to go after school and help him out and, you know, ring up all the sales and help yeah. all these, you know, customers that came in. So if I got to clean up, that was about the only thing I got to do. So I never saw my mom cook the meal. And, mm-hmm. and so I felt like that is where I was lacking. Okay. Interesting. All right. We are going to move on to balance in homemaking. <clears throat> Did you ever work outside the home? Um, initially, when I, we first got married, I worked, um, I was in retail. Okay. Or I had graduated with a, a business degree mm-hmm. and I was a manager of a store. So I did that for a short time. <clears throat> and my husband and I decided, you know, that he wanted me home and I wanted to be home. And we had our first child. We were three years married. Mm-hmm. And I, that was about when I stopped working. And I raised them until each one went off to high school. Mm-hmm. So I homeschooled them all the way through. And then as each one would go into high school, um, you know, I felt like it was a big release mm-hmm. and then I would keep homeschooling the ones that were left. Okay. So, but when the last one went to, she went into high school, I started into banking and I was, uh, basically a finance, financial advisor, uh-huh. loan officer type thing. Okay. And, um, anyway, I, were there any particular that. challenges that that brought to your homemaking? Well, at that point, all the other three were gone and they mm-hmm. had either gotten married or, okay. you know, since there was such a gap it, between our older three and yeah. our youngest one, 
the youngest one, she could kind of take care of herself. Mm-hmm. So I came home and the banking hours are pretty nice. Yeah. Um, just, you know, nine to five type jobs. So right. I was home to fix dinner and you know, yes. do those kind of things yes. and, yeah. and to be with her when she needed me. Right. So especially since she was the last one home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have one more at home and they do. It's I'm glad they didn't all leave at the same time. But at, but on the other hand, you know, we hardly ever see him. He's, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm really sort of, I'm thinking, okay, I need to probably be preparing myself for the fact that he's going to actually really be gone in the fall. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. they, he certainly doesn't need me as much um, as, as he used to. Right. And you're, you're glad of that. And I'm too. very yes. glad of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they get involved in activities and mm-hmm. they want to, you know, do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so you feel like, you know, it's a different season. So and, it's and, al- almost not almost an empty nester, but not quite. Right. <laughs> well, not quite. And, and we, we're both graduating in a way. Yes. Um, you know, I did my job. I did what I was supposed to do. Exactly. So, okay. So let's talk about priorities and goals. Um, did Are you a goal setter? Was this something that you just kind of would do naturally? How, and then if you are, how did setting goals and priorities help you sort of determine how to schedule your days? Okay. I am a big to-do list um, planner. I have, in fact, here's my planner. I always uh-huh. like to keep it right by, by my side. I, yep. And I don't really schedule the day like by the hour. Mm-hmm. I schedule it by I need to do these four projects mm-hmm. in the priority is this was first, second, third. I have done that probably most of my um, adult life yeah. is having that. I, I put sometimes put to do list on my phone, but it's just not the same as writing it down than checking it off the list. Mm-hmm. So I've always been that kind of planner. I usually put do a yearly project list. So mm-hmm. if things I want to get done around the house, mm-hmm. um, other projects that I have in mind, maybe learning something new. Um, I'm taking a photography class right now. Oh, really? Um, trying to trying to learn a little bit about my phone and how to how to. It's really photography on your phone. On your, on your phone. iPhone. Okay, that's cool. So. I'm doing that right now, but I always write down the projects at the beginning of the year that I want to accomplish for that year. So Mm -hmm. I am really a goal setter, but as far as taking each day and dividing it out, if I'm doing this at this time, this, I don't really do that, but I feel like I get a a pretty good bit done Mm -hmm. every day. Um, I always have set goals for my children when they were younger. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, a New Year's resolution. They didn't have a chance to make their own resolutions. Mom (laughs) made the resolutions for them. So um, I usually did that. What kind, like, could you give an example of that? um, Well, they had a lot of them in music. Okay. So I would say, okay, the oldest one played the violin. And so I'd say, okay, I want him by you know, this time to get through this, he did Suzuki Mm -hmm. and to get through at this point. And then the other two um, did piano and some did swim. And so just some kind of goals about what I wanted them to read, maybe Mm -hmm. um, times that I wanted them to maybe read and study a chapter of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, Just what I would have. I always did that before January so that when we came back after this, you know, Christmas break, mm-hmm. we could sit down with each child and say, okay, you know, these are the goals. And do you have, I would ask them, do yeah. you have anything you want to change about it? So it uh-huh. wasn't like so demanding right. that I said what they had to do, but you yeah. know, what, what would you like to accomplish this year? Okay. And does this sound reasonable? Okay. So I always did that. I always felt like if you didn't have a goal, then you're just kind of ambling around a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, we were always pretty 
um, particular about that. Um, we were pretty per- structured when I homeschooled. You mm-hmm. know, every morning was um, time to you know, get your lessons done. And we had a, um, a time after lunch where we read together as a family and Mm -hmm. then everybody had a quiet time. I didn't care if you were 10 years old, (laughs) you were on your bed at 10 years, you know, 10 years old, you found a book to read or you could play quietly with something. Right. But everybody needed that hour of just a break. Yes. So we were, we were pretty structured back then. Mm -hmm. I think it got a little bit less structured once I put a child in school and then mm-hmm. we had the school activities right um mixed in with all the homeschool activities so a little bit of a uh, time of adjusting right there. Um, yeah that was probably challenging too to then create make sure that you were i i'd like to use the word margin mm-hmm. you know make sure you were maintaining some margin in your life yes was that challenging mm-hmm. i bet yes yeah mm-hmm. trying to trying to keep you know two different options you know schooling options yeah to be cohesive right pretty much. right uh, what about overwhelm? Did you ever feel overwhelmed? You know, I, I actually, I had to think about it. I even had to ask my husband and I could, we couldn't think of a time. Now there was a challenging time and I'll talk about that a little bit sure. later. Uh-huh. But um, as far as being overwhelmed, I don't really feel like I ever was. Okay. Probably the only thing that would have probably gave me a, a reason to think that was my daughter swam and she swam competitively and it was a big, that's a big lot commitment. commitment. Yeah. And it was in during dinner time. Mm-hmm. So having family dinners were always a little bit of an issue because mm-hmm. we either all ate really late right. or we, if we all wanted to eat together. So it just became a little bit of a problem and yeah. she swam all middle school, high school, and then even went off to college on a swim scholarship. Wow. So she had that much dedication and we wanted to, her to have that opportunity, mm-hmm. but it, I, I will say it did affect the rest of the family mm-hmm. just because of that. And, you know, of course the boys were in sports too. So that was just, um, another, um, you know, and responsibility yeah. and activity that we had to, you mm-hmm. know, adjust to. Mm-hmm. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about expectations. Um, And you kind of alluded to this already, but how well, because sometimes we have in our mind what it's going to look like when we, when we set up our own home and we start our homemaking journey. Um, How well did your, your ideas, your expectations of what that was going to look like match up with the day-to-day reality of being a homemaker? Well, to tell you the truth, I really didn't have any expectations. Okay, fair enough. I knew what needed to be done and I just did it. Mm -hmm. It it was not like I, I don't ever think I had a love hate relationship with anything. Okay. It was just, if that was something that needed to be done, I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you over the years, I have learned something that, that I have allowed my husband to have the honor of doing bathrooms now. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, as far as expectations, um, that is what I've let him do. So I feel like his expectations as far as what needed to be done. Did I like to do it? Did it measure up? I I don't know that I really ever felt that. Yeah. But it's just, um, I just knew if that needed to be, if I had to mop floors, then it was time to mop floors. Yeah. You know, if I had to wash dishes, mm-hmm. you know, that was my responsibility to wash dishes. Okay. So I guess there was no expectation, yeah. but yeah. Um, I did have... I did have a very helpful husband, I will say. He helped in the house and helped with the 
whatever needed to be done. So yeah. that was that's a good. nice thing. That's good. And that's really good that a he does the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now he's our bathroom specialist. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. How about um, loneliness? Because it can be very lonely to be a homemaker. Uh, is that something that you ever experienced? And, and how did you combat that? If I really would have thought about it, I could have been lonely. Okay. But I don't think I ever allowed myself to go there. Mm-hmm. I am really easily entertained by myself. I can read mm-hmm. and I can do whatever I want to do. If I know it's just me. Yeah. I, I there's so many things I like to do yeah. and I don't have to have anybody with me, but I will say we were very involved in church. Mm-hmm. We were very involved in homeschool co-ops, mm-hmm. very involved with our neighbors um, in different locations. We've moved right. several times over the last, over our whole married life. We've moved several times and we've been involved with parents of the kids activities. Mm-hmm. So I always had people around me. So I never really felt lonely. Yeah. I, I've, our, in fact, when we, the house that we lived the longest in Austin, we, ha- I had two neighbors down the street that both homeschooled and we made it a priority to go out and have mom's night out once a month. That is a good so priority. I, we did not, <laughs> we went for years, did not miss a single month. And it was just the three of us and we all homeschooled and we were all on this long street. We all had the same difficulties that we dealt with, the same joys that we dealt with. But it was so nice just to go out to dinner and just visit with them. And we'd always go to TJ Maxx. That was their favorite store, which now is almost my favorite store. Um, And we could spend hours there just looking around for uh, they would always look in the clothes and I would always be in the home section. (laughs) I was always looking for some kind of little trinket to fill a shelf or something. So anyway, but I I don't think that loneliness was ever really Mm -hmm. a thought. Did you face any challenges as a homemaker? Well, the biggest challenge I can remember when my older three were young, I and I got pregnant with our fourth one, we were building a house kind of kind of like we did here, Mm -hmm. but it was a lot larger. And we moved out on some property, but we just had it dried in. It and it was unfinished. We oh moved into that house. It had concrete floors. We had plywood upstairs. We had no kitchen. Oh my. There was a we had a refrigerator and we had taken a piece of plywood and put a sink in the plywood. Mm-hmm. I cooked every meal out of an electric skillet. So here I was, <laughs> pregnant with my number four. And trying to homeschool three kids, my husband, you know, was doing work and sometimes he worked out of the house and we were trying to finish this, this house that we were living in. Mm -hmm. And it, it got to be a little bit of a challenge just trying to balance all of that in. So I I felt like that was probably a time of life that I'd have a hard time going back to. Right. (laughs) How long did you have to... Um, live like I that. I think about two or three years. Oh my goodness. Yes. And, and the funny thing is we finally got the last of everything done, all the rock work done outside, all the flooring done. And we literally put that house up for sale <laughs> the next day, 
put a for sale sign and I sold it that day. Wow. It was crazy. The people just drove up, saw my for sale sign and literally wrote me a check oh, that, wow. that day. I thought we never really got to enjoy this house that we suffered through, but that anyway, but, but, but God blessed us in that, in that place. So that's awesome. Um, that's a great story. And I say suffered. It wasn't really suffer. It was, it was really it a was, blessing. Well, a but bless. it was challenging. It was challenging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. We'll get back to our conversation with Joy in just a minute, but right now it's time for historical homemaker hints. This is the part of the podcast where we highlight some of the helpful and not so helpful hints that have been doled out to homemakers throughout history. I hope you gain something from this, but maybe you'll just gain an appreciation for your pest control provider. Today's hints come from a book called Practical Suggestions for Mother and Housewife. It was written by Marion Mills Miller and published in 1910. Disclaimer, I do not condone nor condemn any of the advice promoted in the historical sources. This segment is just for entertainment purposes, and I leave it up to you, the listener, to discern the soundness of the advice given here. Now, here is what Miss Miller has to offer regarding getting rid of ants. To get rid of ants, wash the shelves with salt and water and sprinkle salt in their paths. I'm assuming she means the paths that the ants are making in your house. Now to keep them out of safes, that would be like a pie safe or a cupboard in modern English, set the legs of the safe on tin cups. Keep the cups filled with water. Maybe you have a mouse problem and maybe they're getting into your books. Here's what she has to say about that. To keep mice out of books, sprinkle a little cayenne pepper in the cracks at the back of the shelves of the bookcase. Now, when we're recording this today, it's April. And as we know, April showers bring Mayflowers. So here is some umbrella care advice from Ms. Miller. An umbrella should not be folded up when it is wet. Let it stand with the handle, handle facing downwards so that the wet can run off of the ends of the ribs instead of running towards the ferrule and rusting that part of the umbrella. In case you don't know what a ferrule is, I think I'm saying that right, ferrule, F-E-R-R-U-L-E. Anyway, it's that metal tip at the end of the umbrella, at the top of the umbrella, above the canopy. So when you dry your umbrella, Miss Miller suggests that rather than setting it on the tip to dry, you set it on the handle to dry, and that way the water won't run into that metal tip and cause it to rust. Now we have one final word of advice from Miss Miller, and that is regarding the mother's duty toward herself. In all her multitudinous concerns, the housekeeper should not forget her duties toward herself. Many a mother in looking out that her children are a credit to the family in dress and manners and care for their persons, gives up all thought of standing as an exemplar of these things among the ladies of the community. This is a sacrifice of self that is not commendable since it defeats its purpose. The mother should always be herself an illustration of the lessons she teaches, else they will not be seriously considered. So practice what you preach, in other words. Well, thanks for listening to today's Historical Homemaker Hints. Now let's get back to Joy's interview. All right, let's talk a little bit about hospitality. So uh, we have a tagline on the title of this podcast. It's The Art of Home. But the tagline is How Homemakers Cultivate a Place to Belong. So we show hospitality to people outside of our family and within our family. And we show hospitality to our own family members by 
intentionally making memories or we have certain family traditions that we do. So what about your family? Uh, <clears throat> when we, we kind of made every night like a special night. Mm -hmm. um, since we homeschooled, um, we didn't have TV during the week. We wouldn't okay. allow the kids to have TV, but we did pizza on Friday night. That was kind of our standard thing. Always the boys and Dave would go to um, to Blockbusters yeah. and pick out a movie for that night and come back and we would, you know, all, you know, get together, have pizza. That was just our family mm -hmm. um, get together. And this was when the kids were young. Yeah. Um, we would, Sunday nights, we would have a picnic indoors where we laid out a blanket and um, we wouldn't eat this today, but we had chili dogs. Um <laughs> every Sunday night and we watched a special show on TV. So that was kind of kind of a tradition. The kids knew what to expect um, on yeah. those nights. You're so, a brave woman to have chili dogs on a blanket in the living room. Well, it was, it was an old blanket, okay. <laughs> an old old blanket that I'd had for years. So um, yeah, it, it was in our living room. But I think it was during the time I remember most is on those concrete floors uh -huh. where we had yeah. the, the challenging time. But um, another tradition that I've, I felt like really brought our family together was we always rent a, a house in Florida. Mm -hmm. So we've gone for 21 years mm -hmm. and we have my sister's family. All of them come. My brother's family, they come. But my mom and dad started that. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's such a, an important thing to get your all your extended family together at least once a year yeah. because my sister lives in Nashville with all her family and my brother is pretty local and we but we still don't get to see him that often mm -hmm. so it's just a time that we go i feel like make a home in another place so we all yes. cook together we have our night of cooking we just have special traditions like that that i think um, has really everybody knows that okay Florida first week in August we're we're heading that direction mm -hmm. that's that's a fantastic tradition and I know why you want to go to that part of Florida because that's where I grew up I it know truly I know. is the world's most beautiful beaches uh, it totally is rivals totally. any in the world oh exactly exactly okay so how about showing hospitality to others to people outside the four walls of your household well, when my, our kids were younger, we, like I said, we've homeschooled and we were so ready to be kind of out of the house mm -hmm. that, I mean, at night on the weekends, we would call another family up and say, hey, do y'all want to meet us at the park? Do y'all want to meet us at, we had a place called the Hamburger Factory and that was our weekend place. Mm -hmm. We took everybody to the Hamburger Factory. We sat there forever visiting with our, you mm -hmm. know, friends that had kids and they all visited. And I feel like we all wanted to go out and do stuff yeah. since we were home so much. So as far as having people in our home, I probably didn't as much as I do now. Okay. I feel like I've really grown in that area. Um, we would we did lead, my husband and I led the, the 20s class. When we got in our 30s, we led the 20s couples, and they would always like to come over. And mm -hmm. we always had Bible studies over at our home yeah. to all opened up for that. But um, as far as really just, oh, let's have a big party, I'm not sure that I was really ever there. Now, mm -hmm. our kids felt comfortable to invite friends over, mm -hmm. but um, at the same time, as far as having just lots of people over at a yeah. certain time, we, we didn't really do that. But our very last house in Austin, we had, we, we had started downsizing, mm -hmm. and we built a house that was a little under 2,000 square feet, and it, our backyard and two other backyards all 
um, can kind of, um, Oh, like you had a shared space, yeah, back almost there? a shared space yeah. and we didn't fence our yards. Oh, okay. So we were called the park for uh-huh. the neighborhood and we had all the parties. So we <laughs> would set up, we had um, movie nights where one of the girls in the neighborhood had a big screen yeah. and we would do movies, but we would always do the food in our backyard and set up all, we had all the tables and mm-hmm. all of that to, um, you know, to entertain all of our neighbors. And we knew almost everybody in the neighborhood. We, yeah. It was a small little gated neighborhood and it was just it's such a fun time and anybody time we would send out a message okay we're having a a big um chili cook-off in the park um everybody come bring your chili um chili and let's see who who has the best chili so I feel like that we've kind of grown in that area Uh of hospitality of of being open to having people over and um that's good experience that time of fellowship that's great thank you So let's move into talking about the seasons of homemaking. How would you say your role as a homemaker has changed over time? Well, first, I I think of homemaking life as being seasonal. Okay. Um, I feel like you have to embrace every season that you're in. Mm -hmm. And I tell young moms all the time, and I know a lot of people, a lot of people our age say the same thing and say, you know what, enjoy every moment because it goes by so quickly. And I know a lot of people say that, but it is so, so true. So, so true. Because you think about those years. And as I was talking about our past years, I'm thinking, wait, that went by so quickly. And now my kids all have kids of their own, you know, and it's, it just, I I feel like you have to embrace that season. You were in the empty nester season right now. I love being an empty nester. I've, I, it's such a fun time because I can go and stay 10 days at my kids in California and love on those grandbabies. Yeah. And come home and I can go to the other ones in Austin and go to our other set in Maryland and enjoy, really enjoy those times. And it's not stressful. You know, it's not, I'm trying to get somebody here, somebody there. Um, We still have a busy life because we help with the camp down, down at our ranch. And we just try to embrace all the time. We have Mm -hmm. some couples from our church that we try to get with pretty often and we all go out to eat or Mm -hmm. we have, you know, a dinner over at somebody's house. So I feel like you have to enjoy where you're at, you know, because even this season may not be forever. Right. You know, right. So that would be, I, I feel like I'm more relaxed at home having people over uh-huh. um of course now i have such a small space i <laughs> i have to adjust that a little bit but i i feel like it's just been an easier um you know, it's not a task and an ordeal to, for yeah. people just to, hey, can I drop by? Yeah, sure. You know, come on by. I, I feel like I always keep everything pretty well intact uh-huh. and try to always have a little something for them yeah. to snack on or drink. or That's a good tip. To, <laughs> to always, uh, I just interviewed someone yesterday who said something very similar. Um, she said she, she always got to where she just remembers to have some chips and salsa. Uh, all the time mm-hmm. in her pantry mm-hmm. so that if somebody pops in, you know, mm-hmm. just pull out mm-hmm. the chips and salsa. I mean, we are in central Texas. So if you pull yes. out chips and salsa, you're going to please most <laughs> you, people. Yeah, definitely. And you get definitely. brownie points if you have some queso. So, <laughs> so what would you say would was your most difficult transition from one season of homemaking to another 
um, was it hard with when that first baby came or maybe the second or third baby or? I, I think the hardest transition and I kind of referred to it earlier mm-hmm. was when we started putting the kids into school. Yeah. And we had some homeschooled, some school, right. and we had the activity activities of everything. Right. So it, it was a little bit of a hard struggle to balance all of those things. Yeah. I, I think that was my hardest transition. I feel like a lot of people say the empty nester yeah. is the hardest, but I mean, we went into that thinking, whoa, you know, we, 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 made, we, it. Made, it. we, we made it. We did it. All the kids turned out great and we're free. <laughs> now we love, we love them and we're, I'm, I'm thrilled, but they all have been such a huge blessing that I, I've, I see the gratefulness that the Lord has, mm-hmm. has brought a, almost like a completion. Like yeah. We, well, you're seeing the fruit of your labor. Yes. yes. So and that, that's, that's really sweet. That's very special. Yeah. And feel a bit very blessed about that. That's great. So how would you say that you, you are still fulfilling your role as a homemaker in this situation where you live right now? Well, we just built a small cottage. Yep. And it wasn't in our initial thinking because we had a big house plans all drawn out by an architect. And we got here and we felt like the Lord was calling us to something different. We felt like maybe we didn't know how long, we still don't know how long the season will last. We're just taking it really just year by year, just to see what God has, um, how long he's going to have us helping at the retreat center. We don't know. My husband's still working in Austin. Mm -hmm. So basically I'm here, you know, during the week. But um, I feel like I still try to make it a home, especially when he comes home yeah. in the evening. Yeah. But we had a goal. We were not going to get in debt. You know, everything we do, we are not, you know, mm-hmm. it's come straight from, you know, the money that we've saved over the years. And, you know, we have a, a lot more projects we want to do yeah. in the future. And we're just waiting to see how God leads us next. So we we built here two cabins on right. our, or actually we call them our our builder had a cabin company, but we talked him into building two cottages. So mm-hmm. we built two cottages and we have a little guest house out back. And we just, we've had my mom just moved her next door. So we have her out here now. And I think it's just a season, yeah. you know, a season that we can still show our homemaking skills, but yet, um, it, it's it's a lot easier. We've just yeah. we've eliminated um, down to just a few hundred square feet. Yes. We've gotten rid of clothes. We've, you know, minimalism has been a huge thing, topic of mine. Um, it, it's just been good. I've cooked for the camps now. Mm-hmm. I've, I cook. We have about 50 people that we can house at our camp. Mm-hmm. And I we have lots of people coming and going and they're actually asking for seconds on food. So I'm, I'm thinking I've <laughs> That's cleared good. that hurdle of not being able to cook. <laughs> right. Um, I do. I have an Instagram um, page uh-huh. and that I do little cottage tips on how to live small. Oh, great. Um, I do that. Great. And then we'll, I have we'll a, definitely link that um, in the show notes. Okay. And then I do have a YouTube channel. Yes. Too, so yes, um, that I like to share um, just tips. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that just a little bit. Tell us about your YouTube channel. Well, it's Back to Simple Home. And Mm -hmm. my sister and niece and I um, came up with this idea. Actually, I think my sister came up with the idea. One day we said, we just need to share some things. Well, you know, we feel like a lot of young moms are struggling Mm -hmm. in the process of 
creating a home, balancing home, just like what you're talking about. Right. Um, and we just wanted to share just some simple ideas. So my niece was all for it. You know, they're big YouTubers. They they know all the stuff. You know, they have several channels already going. And she wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. So she loves all the homemaking, too. So uh, us three got it together last year. Now, we right now, we're a little bit off and on. We're about to release two more. We don't have a set time, but we do share share um, kitchen organization, Mm -hmm. how to declutter, how to stock your pantry, how to make quick, easy meals, how to do meal planning. Um, And then I did share about our cottage, you know, just how, how we built this, how we came to the point of even doing these kind of things. And, and eventually we would like to these to be rentals. Yes. Um, that's kind of our long-term goal, but, um, you know, you never know what the Lord has. So you just live day by day and year by year and just be open to yeah. what's next. So anyway, our YouTube channel has, um, you know, a lot of just ideas for mm-hmm. young moms. Um, like I said, Instagram, I try to post cottage tips on there and mm-hmm. I'm simply joy. Simply joy. Simply joy. And joy is J-O-I. I do spell right. it with an I instead of a Y. Um, and so those are just some things that I feel like I've kept the home school, home, no, the home making mm-hmm. um, time. Well, you're just you're being current. very intentional. I mean, like very intentional about passing on what you know to the next generation. And I think that's part of our calling mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as women to not just sit on our knowledge, yes, but to, mm-hmm. to give it back to the people mm-hmm. who are coming behind us and still learn from the people who are even a little further down the road. Cause there's always someone who knows more than you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. always someone who has more experience and mm-hmm. that we can learn from. So I just love it. I love your channel. Um, and I definitely recommend people go and check that out. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a little rapid fire, quick answer questions here. Uh, If you have more to say than just a quick answer, you feel free to expound. But we're going to talk about homemaking tasks specifically. So one that you love. Oh, purging and organizing. That Mm -hmm. is like my number one thing. If I could do that full time, that would be my my ultimate career. Okay. I'd love to do that. Okay. One you hate. Well, I don't have a hate, but since my husband took over bathrooms, I'll say that's my hate. <laughs> I don't like to do. It would be hard be, to go back to it. It would be hard to go back to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what about one that you grew to love? Okay. I am now loving sourcing food. I, I, I don't like to go to the grocery store. I mm-hmm. guess that could be, and, but it's not really a hate thing. It's, if I could not go to the grocery store, I'd be really happy, but I love sourcing food. So I started going to meat markets Mm -hmm. and going, I always have gone to like uh, market produce farm stands, yeah, um, yeah. farmer's markets. And now I started buying from Thrive Market Mm -hmm. and I just got this big box. I almost felt like it was Christmas getting all this food (laughs) in this box and I didn't have to go anywhere to get it. They had it right out at my gate. Um, So I'm loving that. Cool. Um, I I buy all my um, cleaners from a a place, all my uh, beauty and makeup. I'll buy that from someplace that just sends it to me. It is nice. Nice. Yes, that is great. What is your worst homemaking fail? Well, I used to have a produce lady when we lived in Austin, and she would drop off a big box of produce every weekend. Mm-hmm. So one of the weekends, I was going out with my two girlfriends that I shared about that we had our monthly mom's night, mom's night yeah. out, and we 
I said, well, I'll just make something out of this box. So she puts me some kind of something in this box. And I look at the recipe. She always included a recipe in case we didn't know what we were fixing. Yeah. So I had never heard of Swiss chard. Never. And I made her recipe for the kids and Dave that night. And I got some ugly looks when I got home. (laughs) In fact, no one said a thing until I went to the trash can and saw some pizza boxes. And I said, did y'all not like that? That recipe, Miss Juanita, um, that was her recipe. And they just all gave me a strange look. And um, I, that was the last time we made that. But I have learned to cook Swiss chard. Oh, I, and good. I know what it is. We actually grow it in our garden uh-huh. down there at the ranch. So I, I have learned. That, well, that's good. So. Okay. <laughs> How about a memorable homemaking achievement? Well, I've, I think it's in the cooking category, because mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't know anything when I got to college. I barely, I kind of made it through those few years of college in a an apartment trying to cook for my roommates. And now here I am cooking for 50 people. So I mean, yeah. it's big, a, a big, huge jump from not even really knowing how to do anything to um, actually people liking the food here. So that's, <laughs> that's a blessing. <laughs> that is a huge blessing. That's a great achievement. Yeah. Very good. All right, we're going to finish up our time with some reflections on the art of home. Um, how, how do you think that homemakers can find beauty in the midst of work that can often feel very mundane and monotonous? Well, you, you know, that's such a very good question. Um, when I was probably in my early teens, my grandmother gave me this poem, and I wanted to just share it with y'all mm-hmm. just as it it just um has meant so much to me i have carried it in my bible mm-hmm. ever since that time well of course i've changed bibles but so I, this always goes with me because i think it's such a good remembrance on how we need to look at our expectations of yes. what we need to look out on life yeah. and if i could read that yes I please would. do okay um the one side it's such a waste of time to cook i'm just a walking cookery book I make and bake the morning through the favorite pies and pudding too. And then in half an hour or less, my toil has gone to nothingness. It's a waste of time to dust the stairs, to clean the brass and polish chairs, to sweep and pick up bits of fluff, for nothing's ever clean enough. Five minutes after I have done, someone is sure to romp and run, kick out the stair rods, flick the mats, and slam the doors and scare the cats. Some sticky hand is sure to press the brasses from their sprightliness. I tidy up and do the dusting, but all the while my wings are rusting. Then washing day, it seems to me, is just such a waste of energy. What used to stand before a tub and soak and rinse and blue and rub? Next week, the same self-same garments stain will come into my hands again. Such a waste of time to mend. One has no sooner reached the end or last week's pile than need you ask it. This week's fills up the mending basket. The stockings, which were hale and hearty, return from each picnicking party, weak and worn in wanly show, gaping holes in the heel and toe. Buttons have a cantankerous way of disappearing every day. 
sponging off the spots and ironing creases. Between it all, I'm worn to pieces. Woman from cradle to grave is nothing but a galley slave. The other side. I've done an angel's work today. Yes, such an honor came my way. Real angel's work. Unless you doubt it, I'm going to tell you all about it. Well, first I cooked. It was so nice to plan the pies, the stewed fruit and rice. God sent his angel once to make cakes for a poor wayfarer's sake. But just today, he honored me and sent the task my way, you see. Then while I tidied up the place, gave every knob a radiant face, back of my mind this thought would lurk, that I was still at angel's work, putting away coats and dresses and moving small unsightlinesses. For, oh, tis such a loathsome thing, just straightening out and freshening, and after that I washed a few small woolly garments, garments old, not new, things I had rubbed and rinsed before, quite forty times or even more. As I hung them on the line, I thought, what godlike work was mine, to cleanse on me to wash out the stains, till not a single speck remains. So later in the day, twas sweet to sit and rest my tired feet, mending the clothes and plan out too how to make old things into new. For surely tis angel's way to put things right from day to day, to find thin places and repair the glad rags and the sturdy wear, since wear and tear must surely be on this side of eternity. I'm feeling very proud to say I've done an angel's work today. I love that. So that was from my grandmother. You could tell it was from a grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) That was sweet. That was really great. Thank you for sharing that and reading it. (laughs) All right. One final question. How do you believe that homemaking is an art? I feel like homemaking is art because we take what God has created and we put our own individual touches on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's shown by what we hang on our walls and how we decorate our tables and, you know, all the important stuff we put in our, on our shelves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's shown by welcoming people into your home. And whether it's family or friends, to make them feel safe and loved. Mm -hmm. I think it's shown by um, offering people a refreshing drink or a bite of food or even just a listening ear. I think it's creating an atmosphere, whether it's one of peace where you've got a candle burning or a throw, you know, that you wrap up in Mm -hmm. and um, and no TV going and just a a place, an atmosphere of peace. Or it could be an atmosphere of really fun, of music and Mm -hmm. laughing and dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's there's an art about all of that. And as I was reflecting about that, I feel like it's homemaking, just like art, is not something you just see, but I think it's something you feel in your soul. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Was there anything else you wanted to share? Just thank you for having me. This this has been a really a big honor. I'm so glad. I'm. It's Thanks. been my honor to hear your story, yes. and I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. 
Thanks for spending some time with us today, and we hope you're leaving here inspired and encouraged that the work you're doing at home really matters. If you want to take a peek into Joy's tiny cottage, head over to theartofhomepodcast.com and click on the blog post for this episode. There you will see some snapshots of her cozy cottage, as well as snag a copy of her friend's famous peanut butter pie recipe. The website is where you'll also find links to all the resources that we mentioned in this episode. This is season one, episode four, Joyful Homemaking with Joy Welch. If you want to hear more from Joy, be sure to check out her YouTube channel, Back to Simple Home, and follow her over on Instagram at simplyjoyful. That's spelled S-I-M-P-L-Y-J-O-I-F-U-L. Don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast app. We would love to hear from you. You can send us your comments or your questions to contact at theartofhomepodcast.com. If you subscribe to theartofhomepodcast.com, you'll receive the first notification of all new episodes, which we do release every other Wednesday. Follow us over on Instagram at the Art of Home Podcast. And if you do make that famous peanut butter pie, we would love to see a picture of it and maybe even of you and your family enjoying it. So be sure to post and tag us. Until next time, keep practicing your art of making a home. <laughs>